0: We've been to all four corners of Britain in our quest to interview the great and good of entertainment. Comics, actors, writers, politicians, singers, dancers and choreographers. It doesn't matter who they are. They've all given me their own take on the world they live in and have, in their own way, helped to define what makes Britain great. So join me and my assistants as we get another insight into the marvellous and enigmatic world of showbiz, here on Beyond the Title.
1: Legendary producer turned television executive, Brian Tesler's career spans the entirety of British post-war television light entertainment. Joining the BBC in 1952 as a trainee light entertainment producer... Tesla recognised the growing popularity of the new medium and promptly transferred the heavyweight Billy Cotton band show from a Sunday lunchtime radio favourite to a TV phenomenon. Yet Lou Grade's successful bid for the commercial television licence signalled the start of change, and Bryant was at the forefront of this entertainment revolution. As producer of Sunday Night at the London Palladium from 1957 to 1960... Tesla played a dominant role in the recruitment of a certain Bruce Forsyth as host, which ultimately made him a star. As director of programs at both ABC and Thames, he commissioned iconic shows such as Thank You, Your Lucky Stars, Callan, The Benny Hill Show, Public Eye and The World at War. I got up with a heavyweight former executive to talk stars, shows and his recollections on an unprecedented career behind the camera. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Brian Tesla.
2: One of your first celebrated posts was producer of the Billy Cotton Band Show. As one of the most famous people in Britain during the 30s and 40s, how did you make him relevant for the new medium of television?
3: Well, actually, I I, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't at first. ATV in London was the first to put uh, the Billy Cotton Band Show on television. In a six-week series when ITV... Uh, went on the air in 1955, and Billy didn't like it. Uh, uh used up too much of the material that he and the band had built up over the years, and a weekly series was too much of a disruption uh, of the musical tours, which paid the wages of his 16 musicians, whether they worked or not. Uh, his son, young Bill, became a great friend of mine, Encouraged him to see Ronnie Wardman, who was the head of uh, BBC Television's light entertainment department. And Ronnie worked out a combined BBC radio and television deal, which might protect Billy's touring schedule and suit the band without using up the material that music hall audiences paid good money to see. Uh, he hit on the simple idea of producing the series on a fortnightly basis so that the band could tour on alternate weeks when the show wasn't on the air and persuaded billy to take a chance on a university graduate with no musical experience to be his producer me and billy agreed to consider a pilot show to see how we how we got on Uh, I knew the band well from uh, its shows on radio and the Hackney, Chiswick and Shepherd's Bush Empires, uh, the, the, those musicals which I was never out of and thought I could see how its music and, and comedy could be translated to the screen. So I went up to Manchester to see the band Stage Act at the Opera House and over a, a late night supper, Uh, I told Billy some of my ideas for the television show. Uh, To his surprise, as he told me months later, um, uh, he he found that for all my university background, um, we we were speaking the same language. And uh, when we parted, he said, sleep well, son, don't worry, I'm too good for you to bugger up. Uh, and, and he was right. He, he was right. In Wakey Wakey, which is what we called the Billy Cotton Band Show, we managed to add the, the gloss and glamour of uh, television to the band's musical fun. Uh, scriptwriter John Jimmy Grafton, and I uh, deployed the... Um, band's musical skills in new comedy numbers without ransacking its precious stage material uh, I used every technical device to add visual appeal to his musical numbers. We introduced guest artists in comedy routines with uh, with Billy uh, and I persuaded him to perform dance numbers the line of dancers uh, the juxtaposition of a dozen beautiful Glamorously dressed girl dancers with this bluff, portly, 60-year-old man who, like many large men, was capable of the lightest and most delicate movement, was irresistible. Uh, The pilot show became a series, and it ran for 12 years. Uh, I saw it through its first year, and... Billy and I became great friends. He he asked me to produce his Christmas stage show at the Prince of Wales Theatre. We, we holidayed together in Alasio in Italy. He was a lovely man, and I loved him.
2: Mm. As a BBC producer in the early 50s, what was your initial attitude towards commercial television?
3: Well, uh... At the BBC, we were remarkably complacent about the competition's chance of success. We believed that commercial television, it would be years before the BBC could bring itself to call it uh, independent television, um, would be brash and vulgar uh, and uh, viewers would hate it. Uh, uh, They wouldn't tolerate having their programs interrupted every few minutes um, by those ghastly American jingles. Uh, There wouldn't be enough viewers anyway. Um, The service was only going to be broadcast in London to begin with. It wouldn't extend to the Midlands for another six months. And it wouldn't cover the whole of the North for more than a year. Uh, By which time... Uh, it would be bankrupt, which is what we thought. And and we we, we weren't terribly wrong. Um, Granada in the north nearly went belly up. Um, It had to be rescued by Rediffusion in London, who supplied it with 85% of its uh, network uh, schedule. For the next four years in exchange for 85% of uh, of Granada's advertising revenue. But some of us began to think about the prospects of a more gainful employment in ITV. Uh, Not me. I'd gone from one sheltered environment to another, from uh, school to national service, from university, I'd won a state scholarship, Uh, to the BBC and the idea of working in the cutthroat commercial world was unthinkable for me and there were plenty of attractive production prospects to look forward to at Lime Grove
2: you spoke about swapping sides uh, to join ATV what were the main differences between both networks output during this period
3: well you're quite right I did swap Um, (laughs) I tell you, I I mean, my BBC contract was up for renewal and I was rehearsing a show with Andrews when I was summoned to see the establishment officer uh, to discuss uh, my contract, a new contract. He he offered me another one for two years and asked if I had any questions or comments. Um, I said, well, I'm earning... £1,700 a year at the moment, could it go up to 1800 for the next two years? Uh, oh no, he said. Working for the BBC is reward enough. I returned to the studio pretty downcast and Eamon's manager, Teddy Summerfield, who popped in to see how rehearsals were going on, said, uh, you look glum. What's up? And I told him my story. You can do better than that, he said. Would you be prepared to work for ITV? Damn it, I said. Yes, I would. Uh, let me make a few calls, said Teddy. Uh, when he came back, he said he'd been on the phone to Lou Grade, who would like me to join ATV. He said he offered. £3,500 a year for three years Uh, I told him says Teddy I told him I didn't think that was enough so he threw in two weeks in New York for the first two years to study American television all expenses paid what would you like me to do Uh, bite his hand off I said Uh, it, it wasn't ATV's money that spurred me, I was more attracted to those weeks of of studying American television in New York. What hurt me was the feeling that the BBC didn't think I was worth another £100 a year to keep me. And and of course, as it turned out, uh, uh, ITV's programmes were by no means brash and vulgar. They were were just as good as the BBC's. After all, most of them were being made by uh, ex-BBC people. The commercials, jingles and all, were lively and funny. Uh, The the, the, the news was delivered not by anonymous voices over uh, still pictures, but by newscasters. Personalities like Robin Day and Christopher Chataway their quiz programs gave away really significant sums of money of of uh, um as prizes um, um, and Huey green's double your money as much as a, a thousand pounds uh in, in uh, michael Myers's take your pick motorbikes refrigerators kitchen units um even trips to Australia. Uh, and, 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 and in the game shows that I'd been producing for the BBC, the prize for the winners would have been at best a certificate to indicate that they'd beaten the panel. Ah, there were fast moving American uh, shows, comedies, drama. Uh, and, um, I mean, um, unbelievable differences. Uh, Lucille Ball's Love, I Love Lucy began its British run on ITV's opening weekend Sunday Night at London Palladium uh, uh, British stars previously featured only in occasional guest spots for the BBC were now appearing in their own weekly series on ITV's opening night Harry Seacombe in the first of six weekly shows written by Eric Sykes followed by the Billy Cotton shows we've already talked about so there was a vast difference.
2: As producer of Sunday night at the London Palladium, how important was this show in the popularity of commercial television?
3: Uh it it was it was vitally important. I mean, first of all, it was on a Sunday night. And BBC never had variety on Sunday night. I and mean, this was unbelievable for the for the viewer. I mean, they were seeing they were seeing some huge stars um, that uh, uh, otherwise they they only ever saw on 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 in the movies and, and on or heard them on on records uh, and uh, uh, it it made an an absolutely an enormous difference to to to, to, to British television and knocked us at the BBC sideways. And when you
2: were looking to freshen up the Palladium by a change of presenter, you were for a 30-year-old song and dance man to steer the ship. What was it about Bruce Forsyth that made you think that he would be perfect for the role?
3: I didn't, uh, actually. It wasn't me. Uh, I was um, I, I was freshening up the Palladium show with uh, the Tilly Girls, um, Everybody thought that the Tiller started with a Palladium show, but they didn't. It was two years later when I took over. Uh, new camera positions, new angles, trying out various compares a month at a time, Dickie Henderson, uh, Huey Green, Bob monghouse Alfred Marks, Robert Morley, so that I could book the best of them to take over as permanent presenter the following year. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted to do another kind of show in a studio uh, featuring new talent with a team of attractive all-round performers um, who could sing, dance, and perform sketches, especially written for the show. And I wanted to call it New Look. I remember auditioning a young Deser Connor and an even younger uh, Roy Hudd. This, after all, this was over 70 years ago. Um, and uh, uh, I went to uh, – I found Roy Castle at Oxford at the at the uh, New Theatre. And Dickie Henderson suggested I caught the act of a, a gangly young comic called Bruce Forsyth, who was wowing the audience at the Chiswick uh, Empire. Uh, I ended up with a great team, Roy and Bruce, the double act, Joe Baker and Jack Douglas – Review artists, uh, Ronnie Stevens, Stephanie Voss, Gillian Moran, and Joyce Blair, who was then the bubbly young star of the West End musical uh, Grab Me a Gondola. And I added Joyce's brother, Lionel Blair, as a choreographer. Uh, uh, And and also the, the, the Vernon's Girls, who who could sing and dance. And uh, uh, I made a pilot programme, which I showed to Val Parnell and Lou Gray. Val immediately added Roy to that November's Royal Variety performance and wanted Bruce to take over Sunday night at the London Palladium. I suggested we tried him out first with a six-minute spot to see how he took to the palladium stage well um uh, he didn't just take to it he, he took it over uh, the audience loved his bossy fussy personality and the following january he began a run as the show's presenter that lasted four years and led to a career that lasted six decades and i lost him from uh, from a new look
2: Uh, you just mentioned about uh, bringing Lionel Blair on board as a choreographer. How did this come about?
3: Well, um, when we lost Bruce and New Look after three editions, um, the team was strong enough to continue continue its popular and critical success. Uh, Lionel moved over to take Bruce's place as Roy Castle's tap dancing partner, and that began his career as an all-round uh, performer, as well as a, as a choreographer. I um, mean, he, he uh, as well as a dancer, director. I mean, I, I, took him with me. <laughs> I took it with me to meet Sammy Davis Jr. at his hotel after Sammy's opening night triumph at the Big Al. and. Uh, Uh, I wanted him to choreograph the show, but I was told Sammy was bringing his own choreographer. So I retained Lionel as associate producer, just just as well, because uh, they got on like a house on fire. Lionel phoned me later that afternoon to say that Sammy had asked him to go shopping with him to get some typically British stuff like bowler hats, umbrellas and spats. and, uh, and do a number with him based on that with Lionel as a snooty British shop assistant in a sort of challenge version of the song Shall We Dance. I jumped at it, of course, and uh, uh, so my associate producer was now both the show's choreographer and its guest artist, with Sammy's own choreographer, uh, simply a benign and helpful Presence throughout. That's that. <laughs> that was Lionel's. That was Lionel's big break.
2: Benny Hill remains an interesting figure within the pantheon of British comedy. You helped commission the Benny Hill show for Thames. What was it about Benny as a performer which made him perfect for television?
3: Well, oddly enough, when I was at uh, uh, atv uh and uh, during a break between benny's bbc uh, contracts and he was free and so we booked him to do a saturday's a valparnell's saturday's vixakia and it wasn't very good uh he he used um he, he's only insisted on doing was using material he'd already used on the bbc and it wasn't a success Um, Years later at Thames, I got a phone call from his uh, manager to say that he'd um, still felt guilty about the show he did for me at at ATV and would like to come to Thames to make up for it, Um, but who would produce it? And I said, uh, well, Philip Jones, nobody better. Philip was my head of light entertainment. And uh, he came over, and he and Philip got together, and they were an enormous success. Um, Benny was a strange guy, um, but he was a a natural, funny man. which I suppose the strangeness really helped because it was a different kind of comedy that people had never seen before. And uh, uh, he could do almost everything. He was, he was, he was saucy. Uh, long after I left Thames, uh, they felt that he was too saucy. And apart from anything else, they they, they dropped him. But But he was something new and he was a huge success for Tim's, made them an awful lot of money, great amount of money, and was loved in America. Uh, and his shows ran in America for an awfully long time, uh, and he—I I was very sorry to see him, and so was he, uh, leave and, and and as it were, sort of disappear.
2: Why did you think it was the right time to retire when you did?
3: Well, um I had to. <laughs> uh, I mean, um all the, the in those days uh uh directors who and uh, working directors uh, contracts usually lasted until they were 60 and uh and when I was 60, I was due to leave uh, um, LWT by then. Um, and uh, though they wanted me to stay on until we decided who to replace me. Uh, and, and then, of course, there was the big takeover by Granada. And, and LWT itself was lost. But um, I, had to I had to retire anyway. So, I mean, I was very fortunate uh, because um, uh, I don't know at, at 60 whether I would have had a, another uh, job in, in television. Um, 60 was considered very old then. Uh, now you're a child if you're 60. Um, I'm speaking as a 92-year-old, so forgive me. Uh, up, up to then i'd i'd actually uh, I, while i was still a, a, at l w t as as um, chairman and managing director um i was also uh i'd been asked to 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 join the um london advisor the the uh chancellor's uh Committee for Inner London, the Lord Chancellor's Committee for Inner London as a member. Uh, And I'd done that and gone quite well, and I became a chairman of that. I was supposed to finish that at 70, but I I, I, I was then asked to serve as a... I mean, I didn't go back to television, in other words. I was asked to, to serve as a lay interviewer for the Judicial Appointments Division, interviewing prospective assistant recorders acting stipendiary magistrates presidents of industrial tribunals and circuit and district judges Mm -hmm. i was invited by the office of the commissioner for public appointments to not much light entertainment in this law i was uh, um, uh, to serve as an independent assessor working for the home office and the national health service i should have finished at 70 but three years later i was still interviewing prospective non-executive directors uh, and my P45 didn't arrive until 2010 so that's it, that's me (laughs) a a strange way to end my career but I enjoyed it uh, in actual fact and it gave me an opportunity to write a couple of books, one of them was about my time in television and one of them was was a family memoir and I'm I was very glad to have done those because my memory's gone, but they're there to remind me <laughs> what what happened.
2: Yeah, just moving on to the memoirs. Um, in 2006, you wrote, Before I Forget, uh, what did you learn about yourself from this process?
3: Ah. Uh, well, I learned that I was a very lucky guy because... Um the only job i actually applied for was uh, to join the 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 bbc i was as a as a as a university student um my life was full of of uh, performance of light entertainment i i i um, i produced and performed in I, I did a couple of plays, but my, my speciality and the thing that I really enjoyed was was uh, music reviews, uh, comedy shows, and um, uh, when uh, I at the end of my years at at, uh, at, at Oxford, um, I went to the. Um, individual who was supposed to get you jobs in the future, introduce you to people who might give you a job. And I I said I wanted to go to the BBC. So he got me a, an appointment with the BBC and I went on what was obviously the, the, the uh, newcomer student uh, applications and the fellow who said come in was sitting at his desk looking at various papers didn't look up at me at all and said, do you want to join the BBC? I said, yes, 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 sir. And he he said, "Uh, and what would you like to do? And he's still working away. And I said, well, light entertainment. He said, "Oh no, no, no. Uh, Our light entertainment is done by um, people already uh, uh, on doing light entertainment. They come from professionals. Um, people like you usually go into uh, current affairs documentaries. Uh, wouldn't you like to do that? Uh, and I said, Well, no, not not really. Uh, he said, Well, I'm afraid we can't really help you. But I mean, is there anything else you want to tell me? Well, I said, Well, I've um, I, I've, I've written songs and and they've been um, produced and, and and performed on. Uh, BBC and, and ITV, and he suddenly stopped and looked up at me for the first time and said, on the BBC and ITV, really, uh, we better get to an interview. And he did. Um, I, I was interviewed by Ronnie Warman, and uh, that went well. And so I was given six months as a trainee at the bbc uh i did some shows which went quite well and then he asked me to take over uh he asked me to take over a show that was dying uh uh, until it ended its run i took it over and i thought it needed some changes and i made some changes and it became a great success and and so he said, well um, we'll take you on uh, uh, and, and gave me another show um, the first show to follow um, the, the, the BBC's hot, hottest uh, show the comedy show on Sunday night <laughs> you have to remind me about that um, which everybody loved and the show I did was a terrible flop because people expected something exactly like the one that we just followed and I thought I was going to be thrown out and I was sent for by the boss of uh of uh, BBC television uh who said how old are you and I said uh 22 sir and he said, well don't worry uh that that show was never going to be a success they shouldn't have given it to you um just carry on and uh and you'll be okay okay and 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 I, and I was um until the time as i told you i i uh, my contract ran out and i And it, well, I didn't apply for ITV uh, uh, for, for myself, but but um, Eamon Andrew's agent did. And that's how I got into ITV. And from uh, uh, A, uh, ABC Television was so successful that it became the senior part of Thames. And at Thames, so i didn't apply to go to thames uh, i went with abc to thames i was director of programs at thames and uh, when howard thomas who was the managing director uh, when his his uh, boss retired howard was going to be uh, going to take his place and wanted me to succeed him as managing director but the organization that owned Thames didn't want me to do it through a manager, and I thought Teddy Summerfield was my manager as well. And I didn't want to leave him. So I said no. Um and the George Cooper, very nice guy who was in charge of sales at uh, at uh, uh, at Thames, who two weeks before had come into my office to congratulate me on, on being made <laughs> managing director, now came into the office and said i've just been told that i'm going to be managing director what happened and i told him what happened and said don't worry i'm I'm as happy to work for you as as you were happy to work for me but they forgot that my contract had come to an end and when um robert clark of LWT phoned me to say, I thought you were going to be managing director. And I told him what had happened. He said, Well, uh, so that means, uh, but are you still contracted at at, uh, Thames? And I said, No, they haven't noticed that my contract's out, but I'm happy to continue there as director of programs. And he said, Well, would you like to come talk to John Freeman, who'd be interested in talking to you? And John Freeman was the chairman and managing director of LWT. I went to see him. We walked in a park for an hour talking about television, talking about me. And he said, look, you mean sitting next to each other in the network meetings? And he said, I I, I like the cut of your jib. And uh, if you'd like to come to me as my deputy in two years' time, if you like the company and the company likes you, I'll step down as... Managing director, I stay as chairman, and uh, and you can take over as managing director two years later. That's what happened. So I discovered, uh, you know, that I was a very very lucky guy. Um, I only had to apply for one job, but all the other jobs sort of they they, <laughs> they sort of followed on. Uh, I guess this is a difficult question. for you,
2: answer, but when you reflect upon your tenures at both the BBC and ATV, how significant were influential figures like yourself, Bill Cotton, Lou Grade, and Val Parnell in making this such a defining era for British television?
3: Well, Val and Lou brought something different to British television. I mean, uh, Val a hugely successful stage Producer uh, uh, Lou and his brother Leslie, hugely successful um, uh, artist managers, uh, and they brought all their contacts, their knowledge, their experience uh, into into television, which otherwise. I mean, it would have developed anyway. The BBC would have developed anyway. And indeed, the BBC did develop anyway. But um, they brought something that was new and and live. I mean, the, the extraordinary thing for me uh, uh, was that um, those years, those early years for, with them and, and ITV were quite remarkable because... And there seemed to be nothing you couldn't do. No programme idea if it sounded all right could be would, was turned down. I didn't have a budget. You never had a budget. I mean, you 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 just did the show. The only time the budget was a problem was when Leslie Grade phoned me when I was doing uh, a Dickie Henderson, one of the Dickie Henderson shows. And he said, "How's the show going?" And I said, "Oh, it, 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 it's going well." And he said, "Have you have you booked it all? Have you booked everybody?" Uh, and I said, "No, not not yet." Um, uh, why? And he said, "Well, you're you're nearly over budget." And I said, "Well, tell me what the budget is, and I'll stay inside." And he said, "Never mind what the budget is. You're nearly over it. Uh, have you got any other plans for it?" And I said, "Well," bob hope's going to be in town and and dickie and i think we can get him for the show uh would you like me to not to do that and he said no uh get get bob hope drop the violins so i cut the violins out of the orchestra and uh, and we did the show with dickie and and Bob Hope, and it was a great success. And that was the only time I was, I was ever ever mentioned um, that budgets were ever mentioned to me uh, in TV. In so you can, you can imagine what that was like for people who had reasonable ideas and and good ideas uh, uh, in, in a in a an entertainment world. That's what was the greatest of of uh, of times. in in many ways. and One of the reasons why I call my second book, Best of Times. If students
2: of 50 years' time were to study the career of Brian Tesla, what would you want them to take away from it?
3: Oh, well, what can I say? Be lucky. Do, Do what you can, the best you can, uh, look out for other people's talent uh, watch everything you, you you possibly can look, learn, listen and learn uh, and use your own imagination and your own ideas to make the best of whatever you see in front of you I, I mean there's, there's nothing more I can say than that I wish someone had
0: said that to me. Thank you to our guest for being the subject of another Beyond the Title interview. If you liked this, why not browse the website and see if there's anything else that takes your fancy. Don't forget to like our Facebook page to receive updates on forthcoming interviews and to see more information about me and what I do. Thanks again and hopefully see you next time.